coming up next on Contemplate. The world out there goes, why do they love each other so much? Look how they love each other. This is weird. But the one thing that I can say, because it's so abnormal in this world, is that if they love each other like that, God must be real. Scripture tells us that. That people will believe that God is real because of the love you have for one another. We're in 1 Thessalonians 4 today, learning about brotherly love, such a powerful and important thing for the church. But man, is it hard sometimes. Listen in as Pastor David tells us more. Brotherly love is the word in in Greek, Philadelphia, like the city, okay? Um, In the Greek, it referred specifically to love between siblings, between siblings, God is saying that we are to love each other in the church like we are supposed to love our siblings. And immediately some of you are thinking, hmm, my sibling? Uh, my siblings and I did not always get along when we were young. I know that a lot of us do have messed up relationships with our siblings. I'm actually cool. My siblings and I get along really well now because they can't make me eat liver anymore. Um, so that's good. But what do we call relationships with our siblings that are all messed up like that? We call them dysfunctional, right? I know, trust me, I put the fun in dysfunctional. I know dysfunctional relationships. We call them dysfunctional because we have an idea that a functional brother and sister, brother and brother, sister and sister relationship is actually something great, right? Is actually something good and healthy and loving and kind and life-giving. When we think about the ideal relationship between siblings, we think of it as something that is really good. We have each other's back. We can depend on each other. We can be honest with each other, right? This is the love relationship that we're supposed to have with the body of Christ, with each other, with believers who are, who are Christ followers. We're supposed to be in Philadelphia, in brotherly, sisterly love with the people in the church. This is what the Holy Spirit is urging. Have Philadelphia. Have brotherly, sisterly love with one another. Now, why? Why sibling love? New Testament uses uh, four different words for love. This is the only one that refers to sibling love. It's a specific word in the Greek that refers to sibling love. Why? Why are we supposed to have sibling love for each other? And here's the deal. When you become a Christ follower, other Christ followers are your siblings. They are your siblings. You're a sibling with every Christ follower that has ever lived or that lives anywhere on the earth right now is your brother or sister. It's a big, big family. And we're supposed to have the highest, best kind of brotherly, sisterly, Philadelphia sibling love for one another, for every one of those people. And the Thessalonians actually were doing well in this. So you already know this, right? Not only are you doing this there within your local church in Thessalonica, but they were actually doing it throughout the region of Macedonia to other believers, not just the believers in their own little church. They were showing that kind of love. And the Holy Spirit was encouraging them and saying, do it more, more and more, more of this. He wanted them to love like siblings more and more. And it says they were taught by God to love that way, which is I find really interesting. And, and what I make of that is, This is something that we understand spiritually. This isn't something so much that you get taught in a classroom and I say, here's brotherly, sisterly. Somehow we just know what it's supposed to be. Like as I'm talking, you have, if you're a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit is in you, giving you some indication of like what this should look like. 
And maybe even you're feeling where you're missing it, right? It's something that's spiritual. It's taught by God how we're supposed to love the people sitting next to you and in every other church in the city, in this metro area, in this country, and around the world. All of them we're supposed to love. Why? Why, why do we need each other and need to love each other as brothers and sisters? What's that about? Because if we're loving each other with a sibling love, a family sibling unbreakable love, we cannot be divided and conquered. We can't be divided and conquered if we're loving with that kind of love. God knows that. That's why it's here in the scripture. Love each other with that Philadelphia, and no one is going to break that up. If we have the whole armor of God on, and we're locking arms, and we're loving each other like brothers and sisters, we cannot be divided, and we cannot be conquered. Brotherly, sisterly love is a friendship that can't be broken, because it's genetic. And you say, wait a second, you just said it wasn't genetic, it was the other thing. Um, But you're related to one another through spiritual genetics. God is your father. Christ saved you, your, your body, soul, and spirit. And when your spirit was made alive through Christ in him, through his death, burial, and resurrection, through the forgiveness of your sins, the same Jesus Christ did that for you, did that for every other Christ follower. And in that, you share a spiritual genetic code. And it makes you truly brothers and sisters in Christ. You are bonded much more deeply than you realize. Much more deeply. You're thinking, I don't even know this guy over here. He's probably weird, okay? I'll be honest with you. I know most of these people. Um, and, and, and we're all different, right? But he's your brother, and she's your sister. That's the way that it is. And here's the thing. Friendship like this, brotherhood and sisterhood are necessary for certain kind of people. You know what kind of people they're necessary for? People who are going to live together eternally. People who are going to live together forever had better have this kind of love for one another, or it's going to be a long time in heaven if we're having problems, right? If you're made to be eternal, then you're made to love each other. Eternity, heaven, all of that, that is going to be an amazing time of closeness in relationship, both to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and to each other as brothers and sisters. You know what will not be there? Never. Loneliness. Never. In Christ, if you are pressed into Christ, there's no loneliness. If you're experiencing loneliness, we can help you get pressed into Christ. It shouldn't be there. So the question is, for us, why is it so hard to have this sibling love? Why is it so hard to love our brothers and sisters like brothers and sisters? Well, it's a good, good number of reasons. The first one I find is dishonesty. If you want to have a relationship that is powerful and effective, you have to be honest. Any of you that have relationships where you're dishonest, you know how much of a division it causes. It causes a big division. And yet Satan, in part of his plan and scheme to divide and conquer, he is going to put things in, in the way to try to tempt you to lie to deceive, to be dishonest. And here's where it really comes in. Hidden sin causes dishonesty. 
Hidden sin causes dishonesty. If you have sin that you're doing that you know you ought not to be doing, you're going to want to keep that a secret. And as you keep that a secret, you have to start building a wall of lies around it with the people around you. And as you do that, you're breaking relationship from, hey, I thought you were my brother, I thought you were my sister, to I'm breaking relationship with you. I'm pulling away. And then what happens is that dishonesty is felt by others as betrayal. They feel betrayed because you haven't been honest. And then they feel like you've been disloyal. They don't want to to experience the pain that disloyalty causes. And so they start to fear you. And they start to fear being vulnerable with you. And then we just don't trust each other. And eventually for a lot of people, that leads to people just not trusting God either, which causes isolation. So now we're isolated from people and we're isolated from God. Divide and conquer. That's what happens. We're divided and conquer. You know what the antidote is to all that? The antidote to all that is forbearance and forgiveness. Even in our families of origin, most of whom are at least somewhat dysfunctional, okay? Again, I know most of you, right? You know me. No, no secrets here. I don't know if a perfect family. But even in those our brothers, our real like blood brothers and sisters, we, we tend to be willing to forgive an awful lot and to look past an awful lot in our blood brothers and sisters, but you have spiritual brothers and sisters that you chose to have when you chose Christ, and I'm not sure you're willing to forgive them one thousandth of what you're willing to forgive your idiot brother for, right? Now, I don't have an idiot brother, but for those of you who do... Um, Why is that? Why are we not willing to do that? Here's the deal. We talked about the shield wall. Refusing to forgive divides the shield wall. When there are two people in the church who won't lock arms with each other, they're like, no, you've offended me too much. Whatever the thing is, I'm going to stand this far away from you. We're dividing. We're letting letting the enemy in, and we're going to get conquered. When we can't link arms together, We're going to get conquered. Refusing to forgive divides the shield wall. It causes rifts. It opens ranks, and we're divided, and we get conquered. Let me just tell you something. As your pastor, I cannot tell you how much it hurts me when I see divisions that rise up between you. When I see two of you, whether it's a husband and a wife, whether it's a kid with their parents, whether it's two people from a life group, whether it's two people, whatever it is, when I see people get hurt, and when they're hurt, they act in hurt, and I start seeing things like division and even hatred, lack of forgiveness, lack of mercy, lack of forbearance, I cannot tell you how much it crushes me and hurts me because I want you to be united. I'm not saying, by the way, that Christ's body here is full of that kind of stuff. It's actually not. There's some of it because there are humans here, right? Right? but I'm not saying it's full of that. But when it is there, when I do see it, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. Because when you won't forgive one another, I know that we can't march forward in strength. We're in a battle. It's a spiritual battle. We have to be willing to go out and achieve the mission, which is seeing people come to know Jesus Christ and having life. But to do that, we got to go into battle. And when any of you have things against one another, are thinking negatively about one another, and we have all done it, 
There's not one person, if anyone's in here thinking, well, that's not me. It is two. There's somebody who you have been like, that person's doing blah, blah. All of that, anything that causes division is keeping us from walking forward in strength. Instead of saying, Jesus, you take us forward. We're saying, I'd rather hold on to my grudge. I'd rather hold on to my anger. I'd rather hang on to this offense than to bring the shield wall tight. And it breaks my heart when that happens because I know how much pain and hurt it causes. And I know this, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You were a sinner, an enemy of God and a rebel, and he died for you while you were in that state. If God is willing to do that for us, and we remember what he's done for us, and we're supposed to have brotherly, sisterly love for one another, we should be forgiving one another. We should be forgiving one another. Jesus is our lover and our savior and our friend, and he has shown us how we ought to treat each other. And by the way, our Lord Jesus Christ has commanded us to forgive. It was not a suggestion. There's, no, there's nowhere in Scripture that would make it seem like when Jesus says to forgive that it's a suggestion. Like, do it, don't do it, whatever suits you. Live, be you. You do you. That's not, Jesus never said that. It's not how he rolled. It's a command. And remember, our whole mission as a church is to see people get saved and baptized and discipled. And in getting discipled, it means that we're teaching each other how to do all that Jesus commanded. One of the things he commanded was that we forgive. He commanded that we forgive. Don't be like that unjust servant who's been forgiven so much and yet will go to his fellow servant and choke him out over so little. But that's us sometimes. That's us in our pride, in our arrogance, in our easiness to be offended. And then we cause rifts. And Jesus knows, God knows that the heart attitude that's willing to hold grudges, the heart attitude that's willing to hate or to despise or to be angry or to turn up our nose or to not, to not love anything but love for brother and sister in Christ will divide the church Divide and conquer will be divided and conquered. It is part of the wiles of the devil to get us to hang on to offenses. Did you know that? It's part of the wiles of the devil to get us to not forgive because he knows it causes division. In the Corinthian church, there was a dude who had committed a serious sin. Serious sin. The Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write a letter to them, the letter we call 2 Corinthians. Okay? If you got your Bible out, we're going to be in chapter 2, starting at verse 5. And Paul lays out the need to forgive so that the schemes of the devil don't work to take advantage of the church. Listen to this. He says, But if anyone has caused grief, he has not grieved me, but all of you to some extent, not to be too severe. This punishment, which is inflicted by the majority, is sufficient for such a man, so that on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love to him, for to this end I also wrote that I might put you to the test, whether you are obedient in all things. Now, whom you forgive anything, I also forgive, for if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes, in the presence of Christ. Why? Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. 
Paul is specifically, the Holy Spirit through Paul is specifically telling us that one of Satan's devices to take advantage of us is to get us to not forgive, to not be merciful, to not love. If he can get us to not love and forgive and be merciful, he can divide us and conquer us. We know Because scripture tells us that when we love one another like brothers and sisters, when we love well, the message goes out to the world. It's evangelical. The world out there goes, why do they love each other so much? Look how they love each other. This is weird. But the one thing that I can say because it's so abnormal in this world is that if they love each other like that, God must be real. Scripture tells us that. That people will believe that God is real because of the love you have for one another. But if you won't forgive and you won't have brotherly love, then the opposite will happen by implication, right? If one thing, if loving each other says the world God is real, what does when his church doesn't love each other say? That we aren't believing that he's real. We aren't walking like it. We aren't trusting him. If he says forgive and you say no, God, you don't know. You don't know how bad I was hurt. Kind of a dumb thing to say to God, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. How many trees have you made today? Right? He knows. And yet he's called us to forgive. And it's not like he's just called us from some place of far awayness where he's this white bearded whatever. And he's looking. He came and died to forgive you. He's foreborn a lot. He's forgiven a lot. And he's calling us to do the same so that we cannot be divided and conquered. We're called to Philadelphia to sibling love, to love each other in perfection as the brothers and sisters that we are. When we do that, we are strong. When we do that, we are strong. Now, maybe you today, uh, you know, I don't know all of you. Some of you are new. Maybe some of you today, um, you feel lonely. Maybe you want to experience brotherly and sisterly love the way it's meant to be. Every Christ follower in this room is my brother or my sister. And I have been called to love every one of you, to stand by every one of you, to protect and defend every one of you. And you should have some comfort in that because God is working through me and through the elders of this church to do that for you. There should be some comfort in that. I will love you and I will serve you against principalities and powers that Jesus Christ has already given us the victory over as a strong shield wall with the full armor of God and the closeness of brothers and sisters. Now, if you want that, if you want to walk together in one accord, in unison, in the power of the Holy Spirit, in Christ, not divided, you can be part of that. You can be part of that. If you're not following Christ yet, if you haven't been made new spiritually, Jesus Christ died for you. You're here for a reason today. It was not an accident. He wants to make you right with God. He wants to give you eternal life with many, many brothers and sisters. He doesn't want you to ever be lonely again. He doesn't want you to experience that. You can be my brother or sister. You can be the people in this room's brother or sister. And it may not sound like much, but I tell you what, this is quite a crew. And there are millions more like us all over the world. You can be part of that spiritual DNA. You don't have to spend another minute being lonely. Jesus Christ can save you. You can have his Holy Spirit giving you life 
today, and he's here now for you. And so because the love of God is here, because I love you, because I want you to experience life in Christ, and to be in a place where you're protected as our brother or sister, where you're not out there on your own, dead soldier, lone soldier, dead soldier, I want you to plug in. I want you to know Christ. I want everybody to just bow their heads for a minute. I want you to think about, if you don't know Christ, if you have not made a decision to come to him, to follow him, to serve him, to accept the forgiveness that he has for you because there's nothing you've done that he won't forgive. If you haven't done that yet and you want to experience that, today is the day for you. Today is the day. So are you lonely? Do you want or need the love that comes from being part of the family of Christ? Simply confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Ask him to forgive your sins and receive his gift of new life. Then come see us and plug into the family. If you have any questions or need help, call us at 360-885-9000 or send us an email Use info at axchurchnw.org. Hope to meet you real soon. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check out our next episode for more with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.